0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: Hello, 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 and a happy
0: new year.
1: It is January 2nd, 2018. And I don't know. (laughs) Whatever. I saw a... Something from uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, which uh said that th- the placement of January one. 1- oh, right. That's what I meant to tell you. This is perfect. This is
0: <laughs>
1: classic. Welcome back to the
0: show. It's the strobe I can't take. All right, wait a minute. It's like it's like we're on
1: a submarine and there's something serious going on. Okay. Whoa, man your station Sometimes it starts back up. All right. Really? I felt like I was on a U boat there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh jeez. Uh, well, that was classic, yes, the Lynn Cullen show is back <laughs> in all its absurdity. Was I saying something when that happened? I uh, uh, can't remember so uh, just gotta say i um I decompressed during uh the interim since we've last talked. I decompressed. I did not look at Twitter. I did not watch any news. I did offhandedly read a newspaper here and there. Uh, Any topic or subject in the paper that I found distressing, I glanced at the headline and kept going. (laughs) And I got to tell you, I feel better. However, I did look, I happened to see uh, a a shot of the show, and so it was a shot of me looking horrendous, I thought. And so I said to Stephen just moments ago, hey, can you back that camera up? Now, he said, yeah, but then they see this mess. They see the papers, your purse, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but you don't see this old, old, old face quite as up close and personal. So whatever, if you um, you know, if you don't mind being at such a remove uh, from me, I feel a little more comfortable knowing you're not sort of invading my personal space. That's what it felt like. It was too close. Like you were too close. I didn't realize you were so close, because um, I don't ever look at my own show or listen to it. Never have. And it just happened by accident, and I was appalled. I didn't even recognize myself. <laughs> I thought, who the hell is, oh, my God, it was me. So, no, let's just, psh- if you don't mind, back off. I mean, I didn't mean, we just, whatever. I uh, hope you all had a uh, nice holiday season. Um, And and truly, I do wish us all a, a better new year <laughs> self deception and delusion is a is a is a survival skill actually you know so it, it's you know we remain hopeful because uh, to do uh, otherwise is to uh, is to sort of give up i came across ac- a really good uh, quote by somebody who said Um, the old sad year is gone now. The darkest winter night is past. And the new year is open and whole and waiting. And this is the way the world changes. By trusting it can change. I like that. I mean, I'm a, but that's true. Uh, So let us start with some measure of hope, which will, of course, be crushed (laughs) by February 1st, probably, if not sooner. I don't know. But let's start with a measure of hope. Uh, There's a a doctor who's quoted in here saying, uh, this is a stressful time to be a sentient being. (laughs) And, And it's true. It just is, so. Um, I am loath to jump into the stuff that we normally jump into because uh mm, I've been so happy not doing it. And so we're just gonna tiptoe in. I know it's Tuesday, but Susan's not joining us today. She'll she'll start up next uh next week. Uh there's some kind of a march planned in Pittsburgh on the 21st. A woman's march. Is this true? Huh? I haven't heard. Of you haven't heard that? Okay. Um, I don't have. I can't forward you anything. I I got rid of it. But I thought there was some kind of a women getting out again, and and uh, Mary, one of you, has sent me some of the signs from some of the better signs from the last one. and i i love this one <laughs> listen senators should start wearing uniforms like nascar drivers so we could identify their corporate sponsors that is such a great idea i mean if you get a visual uh of you know mitch mcconnell and all the other senators and they're standing there yapping at us uh droning and, and their their suits are and, and are covered with logos from uh their corporate <laughs> sponsors. I love that. I love it. It's a brilliant idea and uh would that we were able to actually do it. Here's another held by a pissed-off-looking woman. I came here... <coughs> I came here to knit hats. Probably those little pink hats, which I could never quite appreciate. I came here and to knit hats and punch Nazis, and I'm out of yarn. <laughs> oh, God. Whatever. So... Did you say, "My God, I don't have anything here <laughs> this shows how this shows how totally uh relaxed I have been. Uh, it took a while to get there, but that as we approached me coming back to work, I kept telling myself, oh, you got plenty of stuff- I got nothing here. I have been so unlike myself, so laid back that um I'm loath." They give it up, as I feel better. I really, really do. Some kids, I guess, at Christmas, got some of these newfangled toys that are all connected to the Internet. It's too bad. I feel for kids. They'll be connected to the Internet from, well, in utero, um, which means that the childhood that was experienced by all humans up until just about a decade ago, (laughs) by all humans who have ever lived, which is not to have these technological devices or to be hooked into this large network um, of the Internet. Uh, Without that, as children, we grew in a different kind of a way. Our brains grew in a different way. Uh, The kinds of connections that were made in our brains, the parts of the brains that were engaged and grew um, were different than what is happening to the brains of children now. They are, I think, qualitatively different. Um, And I guess it makes sense for the world that they will inhabit, but they aren't going to be like, necessarily, like we were. Uh, imagination will take a different form, won't it? I mean, they, w- one of the things of childhood is you're bored a lot. You're sitting around thinking about what you can do, and you made things up. I don't know. Everything's packaged now for for kids, and I feel for them. I really do. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Don't sweat what you can't have anything to do with. It's just happening. But there were a number of (coughs) cautionary stories about some of these new toys that people have unwittingly uh, given their uh, grandchildren and their, their children like uh dolls like, called My Friend Kayla. Have you heard of that one? Don't trust her. That's all I have to say. She ain't your friend. You gotta be sort of media literate from day one. Because your friend Kayla, just because she calls herself your friend Kayla, is not... We'll get to Kayla in a minute. we got a call. I'd love to talk to Ascension to Being. Hello. Hello. It's
2: Mike Uh, in D.C. Hi, Mike. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year to you.
2: And I'm not sure I'm Ascension to Being, but um, I have a thought about um, children and learning differently. Mm -hmm. Part of what I think childhood is is being bored.
1: That's right.
2: And that boredom forces you to do things, to not be bored. Right. But if you have this tablet in front of you, and a screen in front of you in every car you drive in, you're never bored. No, that can't be good for them. No, I agree.
1: It can't be good for them, and consequently, can't be good for the rest of us. It just can't. be So, how be good. is
2: this different than a pacifier? I you think have a it's, toddler, the toddler's making noise. You hand them a pacifier.
1: Now you hand them a this screen. Is the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's worse. A pacifier just uh provides uh a, a kind of physical comfort. Um this uh these screens take their heads, take their brains, take their attention. A child sucking on a pacifier can still be thinking, can still be engaging, seeing, um whatever he or she wants to see, um in, in their purview. I, I just yeah, it's they're gonna be different. Uh, people even even my son's generation are wired differently than I was I could tell because he um got into the games and the the internet a little later but not and and that's he's twenty six years old so wow um the parents who keep their children away from these screens i i I know my uh my young kids in my family have uh, have been you know sealed off pretty much from screens and uh so they are being given an opportunity to uh, sort of grow up in an old fashioned way, but that'll stop absolutely stop by the time they hit whatever when they start going over to other kids' houses who have screens when um, and even just observing. Uh, a kid sitting in a in a in a strapped into a little car seat uh, who's two years old and driving around with his his mom, as every time they stop at a corner, what does the kid see? He sees people. And what are the people doing? They're all face down in a device. and that's what people look like now. If you were a little kid growing up, People don't look like they used to. We used to have our heads up. <laughs> we did. We had our heads up. We don't anymore. Our heads are down. So that looks normal, and that's what, even if a kid is kept from having one of those screens, man, they want one. Um, I don't know. It's a new world, and it's a technological world, and our brains, the brains of all children born now, will be different, truly different different than yours and mine different s- synapses different connections made because the world they live in is going to be different I do find in it a loss of what I recognized as humanity uh, you know because I am right when I say this is a change unlike any change in human history uh, never before have children had this to uh, to help wire their brains and and help them perceive reality? Um, it's never ever happened in the history of humanity. It just happened in the last few years. And they'll be. What
2: happens when they become adults? Well, I don't know. And they're at work and they're bored. There's something wrong. I'm bored. This must not be the job for me. I haven't found my, my, what's the phrase that people use when they want to find their bliss? I haven't found my bliss. There's something wrong. I'm bored. That <laughs> can't be good for an adult. Part of life is being bored. Part of life is doing tedious tasks. You will not be entertained 24-7. Oh,
1: no. Well, Yeah. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, it is, it, there's no stopping it. It's just an observation I'm making, you know, and you're making, and we can wonder, but, uh, it, it is happening. All over the world, it's happening. And humanity is changing, evolving. This is where I just love dredging. I'd love to dredge up Charles Darwin and, and plunk him into our, reality and say hey chuck look did you ever think that humans would take such control of their own evolution conscious control and
2: give up conscious control and give it up to these mechanisms and and the internet where people can view every that you see, every second, every screenshot they see you seeing. I looked at a mirror from a bathroom months ago, months ago, and as God is my witness. Every article I read at the bottom, it has a picture of that mirror. <sighs> so there's no, you know, there's no getting away from it, even if you try.
1: No. It's weird. So it isn't
2: just how brains are being rewired. It's that everything that we think and look at and do The government, capitalism, can see it. Mm -hmm. That's got to be scary. Yes. It's scary to me, anyway.
1: Yes, it's scary to me, too. And I think that's why I sort of enjoyed my little, uh, you know, almost two-week respite here, because I unplugged, pretty much. And, wow, does it feel good. And so this morning was my first dive back in, and I'm still hanging on to my, you know, I, I, and I refused to listen to the radio on the drive down. I still didn't want to listen to any of the gab shows or any of that. I'm trying desperately to, uh, yeah, to hang on to this. Uh, I read four books. I just saddened. What did you read? Oh, novels. I am read novels. Do you read novels? Men usually don't.
2: No, I read autobiographies. Oh,
1: okay, okay.
2: I'm reading one about the radium radium women, about how they were poisoned in the early 1900s. Oh, the radium dial.
1: From and it's interesting. Wait, they were poisoned because
2: they were painting with radium paint on clocks so that you could see it in the dark. So that the 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 phosphorescent pointing. Yeah. Uh huh.
1: Well, there were so many, pe- a yeah. lot of clockmakers. Didn't they develop um, cancers because of it? I mean, a lot of yeah. w- ways that people did their jobs, we didn't know it, were killing um, were killing them.
2: And even when they did, capitalism jumped in and told them. It was mostly women. Told them they were hysterical. You're not dying of cancer. You just have a bad hip. Wow. Even when the science told them they they did have radium poisoning, wow. men and capitalism said you don't.
1: Did you? I, you're younger than me. Did you ever, when you were a kid, have a go to a shoe store and and they had this big huge machine, it looked sort of like a jukebox. I mean, it was that sort of big hulking thing, and you could put your feet inside of it and look down through the machine and you would see yours the bones of your feet. It was an X-ray machine. You would stand in it and look at your bones. And I remember I remember every time my mom took us to get shoes at Lou's Bootery (laughs) while let's say Susan was trying some on, I just stand in that thing and stare at my bones. Well, God, that x-ray machine, standing in it for hours. That could not explain
2: any of your health problems now, <laughs> could it?
1: Oh, my God.
2: Children, developing children, no less. Yeah.
1: It was fascinating. When did you ever get to see your bones? I mean, you don't get to see your bones. and You could wiggle your feet and you watched your bones. I mean, it was fascinating. I don't know when when somebody blew the whistle, and uh, and and they disappeared. But oh man, I love that thing. I suppose I'm high risk for foot cancer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, good to talk to you, and happy New Year to you.
0: Thanks.
1: Okay, bye. Bye. Bye, Mike. And uh, we have another caller. Hello.
0: Hey, Lynn, it's Beth calling, and a Happy New Year to you. Happy
1: New Year to you, Beth.
0: I was just calling because when you were talking about the whole thing of uh, all the youngsters just glued down to their phones and other electronic devices, uh, when we were in Atlanta, we'd take walks early in the morning, and, you know, as you get to do that, you get to see the same people who aren't kind of on the same schedule as you are. And we noticed, first of all, the amount of people walking their dogs and the 20-somethings. And instead of people paying attention to their dogs, they were glued to their phones. Right. But there was this young 20-something boy, and we noticed he wasn't looking at his phone. He was paying attention to his dog every day. And we noticed this dog had the biggest smile on its face every morning. Same thing. So finally we stopped him, and we met little Benny. Benny. And just started talking to the young man. And I have to say, it gave us some hope in the 20 something generation that he realized I'm out, I have to take care of this animal and pay attention to this animal and my friends. Uh-huh. And we just always would say, "Hey, there's Benny the smiling dog," and we think it was because those wasn't on the phone all the time. Yeah,
1: well, you see, they're 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 uh, got their children oh, yeah. in um, in in you know buggies, and they're on the.
0: And f- I'm thinking, no,
1: you're supposed to be with your child
0: You're to be taking in your environment, not this virtual world.
1: It's so, uh, you know, but we might as well be howling, you know, like Lear on, you know, into the wind. It's nothing we can do. I mean, individually, individually we can. We can choose not to be part of it, but it's it's like a, it's a tsunami. There's no stopping it.
0: No, but you know what? I think there's a couple rebels out there in that age group, which, again, when coming home, we've met a couple. And, you know, one just came back from a a year in Bolivia and is ready to go back to Chile with the State Department. And uh, another person who wants to, to go back to uh, California in an area where, you know, trying to be a teacher and live in that area is, you know, next to impossible or you're homeless. And they're going to be doing that. So it kind of gave us some faith over the holidays with all the negativity that, you know what, maybe maybe this generation will change things, some things around.
1: Well... Yeah, they will. So I, that that yeah. was our
0: hopeful note. Well, our well, thank you.
1: I, I appreciate all hopeful notes. And uh, and again, Happy New Year to you, Beth.
0: Happy New Year.
1: Okay, bye. Um, yeah, I have a nephew who's in Siberia right now. How would you like to be in Siberia right now? Um, he's there on a Fulbright uh, teaching English. And... It was 55 below the other day. I mean, I guess that's not any big deal there. 55 below. I've experienced 35 below, which is... <laughs> which is... And here's the correct use of the word. Awesome. I mean, you're, you're, you're astonished at nature. But 55 below... And that should make you feel warmer, right? So Stephen has found there is something called. Uh, this is a Pittsburgh thing. Women's March on Washington, Pittsburgh. It's like power to the polls. It's January twenty-first at eleven thirty in the morning at the City County Building. I guess they're going to retrace the march, st- the steps of the march that we did when the big march on Washington uh, happened uh, after Trump's inauguration. And uh, I was at the march here, and it was mind-blowingly wonderful. I met a lot of you there. It was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, this is a possible way to get people empowered and involved for the special election coming up. In the 18th Congressional District, which was vacated (laughs) rather, rather, um, you know, precipitously by one uh, former Congressman Tim Murphy, who was uh, outed as the hypocrite jerk he has always been. And um, it's a big, big election. This is a Republican district with a great Democratic candidate. And an opportunity to keep going what uh Doug Jones pulled off in I don't think it just find that the Republican was molesting uh children <laughs> we'd be off and running or you know doing some other thing that some people might find objectionable, oh god, okay, so i mean I want to get back to this uh. What is this? Wait a minute. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can do this justice. Kurt just sent me a picture of would have been like a Neanderthal man or Cro-Magnon man uh, from a textbook or something, and he's, he's sort of um, uh, squatting. Uh, looks kind of naked, and he's squatting and he's holding these two things in his, they're rocks, holding his two things in his hands, and he's looking at them, and, um, it's a joke, I guess, but 79% of elementary school kids, it says here, identify this picture as an old dude texting. <laughs> 'Cause it looks he's got the same posture. And, well, that's what it'll look like. Which brings me actually and I didn't bring it in, I'll bring it tomorrow. Uh if you need a laugh, I, I I have a name for you. Calvin Trillin. He's just marvelous and he wrote a piece I don't know where I saw it, um, about some of the uh metaphors or adages that will make absolutely no sense to the next generation and in fact maybe don't make any sense like in other words saying uh, I think the one he started with is um, he's all thumbs and what that means is that you're somehow lacking in dexterity right you're all thumbs you can't get something done and he said, as he was riding a bus in New York City and looking at everybody with their heads down uh, and watching the young people and their thumbs <laughs> typing away, texting, doing this, a mile a minute, he thought, all thumbs? Well, that'll totally lose no one We'll understand that when thumbs, being all thumbs, looks like it's the opposite of what the phrase means, right? Or he goes on like a broken record. Well, in a generation, is it possible that people won't, what do you mean, a broken record? (laughs) What is that? And it is true that all of these old media and often adages will just, become obsolete although he noted that we still say hoist on his own petard when we don't know what a petard is but we still use it we don't know the derivation we still use it as it was intended I don't know you know what you know what I figured out after living so long things change it's the only thing that stays the same Things change. Ray says in Happy New Year and in defense of these gadgets, I chanced upon a lecture given by your brother in the on the subject of eating. My brother? I listen to such things while I work or walk the dog. He was so entertaining and charming that I ordered his disgust book (laughs) he wrote a book called the anatomy of disgust and we'll receive it today oh geez well I gotta tell you it's entertaining to a point and then he goes off on these intellectual tangents and gets into stuff that your head will swim at least mine did but Ray you're a smart fellow and maybe you can navigate it he's too smart for me um What a blessing, he says, it can be to access features from uh, lectures from around the country that I would never have now, never have known it existed. So you're saying this is what the Internet has done too, right? Your show included. Thank you, Ray. If you have any way of sending me my brother's lecture on eating, I would love to see it. He sent me something the other day where he gave some speech at the University of Michigan, which I wouldn't have sent it if he didn't think it was pretty good. And I somehow can't open it on my thing. So I I would love um, love that. I think the best book, uh, the one that I found most accessible that he wrote, and I do recommend it, is The Mystery of Courage. Uh, He was always writing books on negative emotion, disgust, humiliation. um, Why am I blanking on some of these? Disgust, humiliation. I can't think. And uh, he started to do one on cowardice. And in um, doing research... He came upon, he was reading letters from soldiers at war, from Vietnam, from the Civil War, and he was just blown away by these soldiers' letters. And he realized that his book on cowardice was going to do a 180 and be a book on courage. And it was the first time, that he turned something around because he was just so blown away uh, by what the letters told him. And the first chapter alone is worth getting the book Um, because it's a true story of a Civil War soldier who lined up as they went to battle every time and when the shooting started, he took off running every time and he'd come back you know that's a that was a hanging offense to desert that was deserting and he would come back with his head hanging down and somehow the men in his or and his the officers around him understood the courage it took for him to come back. He ran in the face of the gunfire, but he'd come back, and then he'd line up again for the next fight, and he would invariably run, and then he would come back, knowing he could be killed executed for desertion. And in the course of all of this, it became clear to the soldiers in his regiment or whatever it was, that this guy was not a coward. There was a kind of exceptional courage about him. And that as clearly terrified as he was, kept trying he kept coming back and trying and he came back after he failed when he could be executed and he'd line up and run again (laughs) and it was that that so blew my brother away that what some would say there's a coward there's a coward look he cut and ran when those who served with him grew to think of him as courageous." So these strange fine lines um, are fascinating. And in a world in which we don't do nuance very much anymore, Um, My brother does nuance down to the last little, I mean, he does such nuance that you feel like Alice dropping into, uh, you know, into a hole. And that's how a real serious brain functions. There's no easy answers ever. Ray, thank you. He sent me the lecture. Thank you. Um, Okay, so I was saying this stupid doll, and I remember talking about this doll before. Her name is my friend Kayla. I think she's, what is it, a Hasbro uh, doll? And she talks. And she responds to children's questions. Now that means she's got a chip in her, right? She's got a computer chip. You can't do that if you don't. But the thing is, with that chip in her, she can also spy on the kid. She can collect data on the kid. She can be hacked by somebody who wants to spy on the kid. And we don't take this stuff seriously, but a lot of places do, like Germany. And in fact, the German government labeled Kayla, quote, an illegal espionage apparatus they said, this ain't no baby doll. This ain't no toy Hasbro's created here. This is an espionage device. And they mandated that the doll could be sold in Germany only if it was disconnected from its ability to connect to the Internet, uh, the feature that you know would a- allow it to be accessible to uh, hackers. And uh, Germany wasn't the only one. The Norwegian Consumer Council called Kayla a failed toy. (laughs) Here in the United States, nah, nah, not so much. Um, Because anything, and here we forget this, anything that is online is susceptible to hacking. And once hackers are in... They could use a toy such as this, use its cameras, use its microphones uh, to potentially see and hear whatever the toy sees or hears. Uh, and cybersecurity experts say the toys can be turned to spy on uh, their, the children who have them or uh, they can be used to track a child. This is why the German government says, that ain't no toy. That's an illegal espionage device. Uh, An independent cybersecurity researcher who tested a bunch of toys uh, ahead of the Christmas holiday season said that many of the stuff, much of the toys that are being uh, bought, sold, and delivered to happy kids uh, don't take even the most basic steps to ensure that their communications are secure and that a child's information would be protected. Uh, Hasbro's got another one, the Furby connect doll that's a furry egg-shaped thing uh it has a bluetooth feature that can enable anyone within a hundred feet of the doll to hijack the connection and uh, use it to turn on the microphone and speak directly to the children think of this There's a smart watch that some people might have bought their kids and their grandchildren. A smart watch, honey. It's called the Q50, marketed as a way to help parents communicate with and keep track of their kids. But this watch, hackers could easily intercept all communications, remotely listen to the child's surroundings, and uh, know exactly where the child is at all times. Same with uh, some BB-8 droid, which was released with the last Jedi movie. This thing, too, has a totally insecure Bluetooth connection, which can be hacked. I mean, I, I, I'm of the opinion that there's no way to secure anything now. And when people say, oh, you got to do this, and oh, you got to... I think, what's the difference? Everything, my bank screws it up, and my my information has been... Released so often, it's a joke. From Equifax to uh, a bank that I uh, had my stuff. I was told, I got a tweet the other day from Apple saying that um, they'd locked my Apple something pay because it had been, there was an attempt to use it in Iceland. I also had my one of my cards that I use uh's canceled because somebody had made a purchase on it in Indonesia.
2: <laughs>
1: so, obviously, my stuff's <clears throat> compromised, right? What am I supposed to do? Um uh, so there was a cyber attack on a uh, a toy maker, on the company itself. And uh, this happened last year. And that hack of a toy company, a digital toy company, exposed the data of over 7 million people. Including names, date of birth, all the stuff you don't want them to have. The largest known breach to date that targeted children. The FBI actually uh, did issue a warning about these toys. We don't make them illegal like Germany or Norway, but we um, they, there are warnings that parents never hear, uh, advising parents to pay particular attention to how a toy connects to the internet. And if it connects wirelessly through Bluetooth, you got a potentially serious, insecure situation there. Just saying. This new world we live in uh, is... I don't get it. Which is why I just throw up my hands and say, all right, well, as long as as long as the companies are flagging this stuff so that the guy in Iceland who tried to use my thing and the person in Indonesia, who, by the way, made a purchase of $7.48. What? Well, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I could spend my whole life being paranoid about this stuff. With some reason, I would think. Um... Uh, Barbara says, by the way, you first mentioned Neil deGrasse Tyson before the fire alarm, but never got back to him. Oh, that's what I was talking about. But I can't remember why. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, uh, Barbara has sent us information about Connor Lamb, who is the Democrat running in the 18th District. Uh, But he ain't. A real you—you you, you want to point out that he's not a real lefty type, right? Well, a real lefty type ain't going to get elected in that district. He's gotta—he's gotta pull in the independents, the disgusted Republicans. And so, Mother Jones reported about him this five weeks ago. Lamb said shortly after his victory, five weeks ago I was in a non-political job as a federal prosecutor. Uh, And that was a way that he was dodging questions about gun control, about public funding of abortion, all those gun control and abortion, the two things that will trip any Democrat up in a Republican district. And he, understandably, didn't particularly want to talk about it, so he said, five weeks ago, I was in a non-political job as a federal prosecutor. Everything like that, like this abortion stuff, we're going to have to talk about later. So he's got to get his... He's never run for office before. He's got to figure out how you somehow finesse these hot-button topics and still attract uh, Republican votes. Uh Abortion and gun control; those are those are like third rails, right? So it's it's really tough. I don't care if he ain't, if I don't check off everything with Connor Lamb in my litmus test of what you know. I don't expect anybody uh, to align totally with my ideas and principles. The only thing that matters to me right now is the D after his name. Democrat. We've got to take back this government. And the way you do it is by knocking Republicans out of office, even with Democrats that aren't sufficiently progressive for your taste. Don't bother me a bit. Oh, speaking of guns, did you see this? My God. This was in the Post-Gazette the other day. It was from uh, philly.com. Now that medical marijuana is getting up and running in uh, the great state of Pennsylvania, it turns out that if you have a prescription if you manage to get a prescription for medical marijuana in Pennsylvania, you can't buy a gun. And you would be well advised, according to someone from the state police, uh, you would be well advised to uh, perhaps dispose of any firearms you may have. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, the great state of Pennsylvania believes that a town drunk can buy a firearm with no problem at all. Um, somebody abusing, uh, you know, opioids can buy a gun with no problem at all. Uh, somebody, in fact, who has been placed involuntarily in a mental hospital can get out and. Buy a gun in Pennsylvania without any problem at all. But somebody who's sick and has a prescription for medical marijuana all of a sudden loses their Second Amendment rights, and guess what? The NRA hasn't said boo. So Pennsylvania thinks that someone who's taking medical marijuana is it such a, I guess, what crazed being that all of a sudden they're willing to abrogate the Second Amendment? It's beyond belief. And as insane as our government is, you know, the, the DEA still has marijuana. federal government still has marijuana classified with heroin, LSD. As a Schedule I drug, and a Schedule I drug means that it has no currently accepted medical use. Well, that's bullshit because it does have a currently accepted medical use, according to the majority of the state governments who have legalized it for that purpose. Man, it's mind blowing and the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms regulates the sale and ownership of guns, and it says any use of marijuana is a disqualifier. You can buy a gun if you're blind. That would seem to be a good disqualifier. If you're blind, you can't see what you're shooting, so you shouldn't be able to have a gun. If you're blind, you can still have a gun. If you're taking medical marijuana, that's the worst, that's the only thing, I guess. And the fact that the NRA that goes berserk anytime it thinks for even a split second that somebody is going to keep a gun from somebody has been absolutely quiet. Fascinating. Hey, Delena says, in D.C., talks about, as you talk about these new toys with Internet access and screens, I'm sitting here debating whether to use the toys I receive for my four-month-old. They light up for a four-month-old. He doesn't need toys like that, or she. They light up, they make noise, all the bells and whistles. Are these even all that good for a grown... No, they're not. Take them away. Don't give them old-fashioned toys when they're that young. I remember Fred Rogers saying to me, he didn't even like Thomas the Tank Engine. Fred didn't. Fred thought he liked things to be, you know... He didn't like inanimate objects talking. Um... I mean, he was a real stickler. But I wouldn't go that far myself. But all of this, if, as much as you can, keep all the flashing, sound-making crap away from a kid and give them the toys that children have grown with Forever. Can't I just get by with blocks and books and stuffed animals and let her imagination fill in the blanks? Oh, Delena, yes, 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 yes. I feel like the toys do all of the work now. Too much stimulation and nothing for the kid to do except be a, yeah. No, this is, uh, no, get rid of that crap. You're absolutely, absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Mm. So if I were to say dilly dilly, would you know what I was? <laughs> Stephen knows. Dilly dilly, dilly dilly. Do you all know now? It's from a Budweiser ad. I mean, it's a Bud? Yeah, it's Budweiser, right? Bud Light. Um, and it's set in a... There's all these ads, and they're set in like a sort of royal medieval court. And all the king wants is more beer, I guess. And anything that gets him more beer, everybody at the court says, oh, dilly, 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 dilly. That's, and apparently, according to um, the business section of the New York Times, <laughs> this thing has blown up in social media faster than almost... It's very difficult for a broadcast commercial to get into the social sphere now because we're all on so many different screens. So, you know, it could... Wendy's uh, long ago could do a where's the beef and it gets picked up by Walter Mondale running for the president, presidency. That's very hard to do now, apparently. But they say this dilly-dilly thing has just... I mean, I noted it, too. It's just gone off the charts. And listen to this from the New York Times. John Parker, another advertising creative director said he thought he had heard something familiar when he was watching a fourth-quarter play on a Thursday night football game in November. He was watching with his wife as Ben Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, called out in code, you know, like they do, Nevada, Nevada, this, that, you know, whatever, um, quarterback to direct his teammates. And the guy turned to his wife and said, did the quarterback just say dilly-dilly? <laughs> and he wound, he rewound. And yes, he says, Roethlisberger said dilly-dilly. Well, there you have it. It's over. So the Steelers are using "dilly dilly" as a as code to their players, uh, changing a play. Um, unbelievable! Every NFL touchdown, uh, if you go to a game now, you'll hear cries of "dilly dilly." Um, how much did Budweiser pay Roethlisberger to do that? I don't think. I I don't think. It says right here, it is much harder today to break through and connect with any consumer base because all of the multiple options they're exposed to. I mean, you know, everybody's in their own little world. For an ad, there's something so silly about it, I guess. I mean, it did get my attention. I don't really listen to ads, but when I kept hearing this dilly-dilly, dilly-dilly, I thought, how silly, dilly-dilly, but... It's apparently just totally taken off. And um, historically, the only thing Dilly Dilly uh, appears in, and some of you old farts like me are going to remember this, Burl Ives recorded in 1949 a folk song called lavender blue dilly dilly lavender gray (laughs) dilly dilly and that's the only time i ever heard it before the story also says that that song was picked up in a disney film cinderella um but the people who created the ad dilly dilly uh say they were unaware of it that they were just coming up they were they were throwing out silly words. They had the idea. They just didn't know what the people would be saying. And one of them said, dilly, dilly. And they all cracked up. And hence, a huge new meme. And another score for uh, Budweiser in the, uh, in the marketing and advertising uh, realm. So just wanted to say, dilly, dilly. And I think we're out of time. Jeez. That was quick. Um, Thank you. It's nice to be back. Um, And uh, we'll meet up here again tomorrow, same time, same place. And uh, we'll talk some more, I hope. Happy New Year. Dilly dilly.
0: Lincoln Live.